Thank you for listening to this podcast from Renew San Diego, a church for the good of all our neighbors in North Park, San Diego. If you're ever in the area on Sunday mornings, we'd love to welcome you. More information at renewsandiego.org. Share with a friend. See you soon. Today is the Feast of the Ascension. The Feast of the Ascension. It's actually a really big day on the Christian calendar. Christians remember, I don't know if you can see online, but an umbrella just fell here. Um, Christians remember often Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. That's a big part of what we talk about on Sundays and throughout the life of the church. But there's actually this fourth part. His life, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, where he is seated at the right hand of the Father, even now interceding and ruling and reigning on our behalf. And so today we're going to get into what it means that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, that he reigns in glory. Because let's be honest about it. Often it feels like life is out of control. When you look in the mirror at your own life or when you read the newspaper headings or your own newsfeed, you say it feels like things are out of control. And the ascension reminds us that God actually is at work in this world in ways that are visible and ways that are invisible. And so today we're going to sink our minds and our hearts more deeply into that story. And we begin with our call to worship. If you're following along, you can uh, download the worship folder on the church's website. It's also in the comments section on the Facebook page. And we begin on page three if you're scrolling along. The Lord be with you. And also with you. God has ascended Amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing to Him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations, God is seated on His holy throne. Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we gather now, we pray that you would meet us in this place. Jesus, you promised that power would come from on high when you ascended to your throne with God the Father. And so now we pray for that very power to fill this place. That this worship service right now, for those who are present in person, those who are joining online, that this would be a place and a time where heaven and earth overlap and interlock and we would glimpse your glory. We'd be convinced of your great love for us. We'd be filled with your power, not only that our lives would be renewed and transformed, but that we'd have the courage to go out and be your hands and feet of renewal wherever we go. And so now, in the songs we sing, in the prayers we pray, in the bread we break, in the scripture we hear, we pray that you would break through with your love and your life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Scripture reading is from Acts, verse 1. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them for 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you've heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, 
Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going away and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This is Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come again in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please take a moment for silent reflection. Hey everyone, my name's Colin Mathewson. I'm a pastor at St. Luke's, and I'm so glad. Thank you, Matt, for this invitation today. Um, I'm glad I get to talk about the Ascension a little bit. Um, it is a principal feast in the church, and yet it's one that we often kind of pass on by because it technically always happens on a Thursday, 40 days after Easter, which is always a Sunday. So um, we just we just missed it. We're celebrating it this Sunday, and uh, it kind of cracks me up, actually, the story that we just heard today. Um, so I think, let's just kind of walk with me here and see if we can imagine how the disciples were thinking and feeling um, over these last few years, right? So they were just fishermen, they were tax collectors, just living their lives when their lives were turned upside down by this man, Jesus, right? And and they, over those three years, um, experienced new teaching and, and experiences. They were living out in the wilderness. They were watching bread, um, you know, feeding thousands. They were watching water turned into wine. And, and over three years, that's enough where it really starts to change kind of who you are and who you think you are and, and who you belong to. And and then, um, you know, your teacher starts to say these concerning things around that he's going to die soon and, and that something's about to change. And, and then there's that traumatic week in Jerusalem, right? And, and, and Jesus ends up being crucified at the end of it. And so there's these raw days of mourning and grief and confusion, and then this this empty tomb, right? And so we've been celebrating these these days of Easter um, with with the disciples who, you know, at first it was just confusion, right? But then it started to this is dawning joy as Jesus kept showing up again and again. This this resurrected, risen Christ who is like Jesus, who is like their teacher, but was also something new, almost kind of like a super Jesus, right? And so. So it started, I'm sure, and the disciples, they started to think, like, oh, it can be like it used to be. It was like those three years that we really were finding something, and when the crowds were starting to kind of really join in, and I'm sure they were in those days after Easter, right? The, the church was beginning to form, and now we have this Jesus who is even greater, right? And, and I, I imagine that Jesus didn't give them much of a head up, heads up when we then get to this story today. So 40 days later, and so the disciples are up with Jesus on the Mount of Olives. He gives some final instructions. At some point, they're kind of sounding like, this is starting to sound like a goodbye. And then he ascends into heaven, right? And so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just imagining what that looks like, right? Everyone's just like, <laughs> what is happening here, right? And I don't, you know, if, if you ever kind of watched a plane, it, it takes a while until you kind of finally sort of, you know, I can't really see it anymore. So you're just staring up when these angels sneak up on you, right? And usually you see angels coming, I imagine. But in this case, right, like you were kind of, you were focused on something else. And so 
it's just one of, I think, the funniest lines in the Bible for these angels to come up and say, what are you all staring at? Because you're staring at someone who just rose into heaven, right? And and it, you get the impression they're kind of reprimanding the disciples, right? Like, come on, we've got we've got work to do, friends, you know? And so even before the angels said those words, though, I imagine the disciples, it was starting to kind of, like, they were realizing something new was about to happen that 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 this this Jesus was kind of leaving again, you know, and that he had given us some instructions here. He said that, you know, we were going to now be the witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Like, we were going to have to start doing more, right? So, so it's kind of like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> what is this? And then the angels are yelling at us, and um, I just think it would have been a difficult day for them. Um, I think what's interesting, though, if you look at what happens next in Acts, there's only really one more story between the story today and what happens at Pentecost, which we'll be celebrating next Sunday. And that is a story that uh, is about how the disciples replace Judas. So there's kind of 11 disciples now, right? And so they replace Judas. Now they're apostles, they're witnesses of the resurrection. Uh, they replace Judas with Matthias. Um, and they just do it by... Uh, you know, lot through kind of rolling of dice. But but the important part was is that um, they were saying, you know, that now what we need to do, if we're going to shift our gaze from the heavens and back to earth, we need to get our house in order. We need to first clarify who the leaders are. We need to kind of create that stable platform because something new is about to happen. And we have a center stage role in this in a way that we didn't have before. So, So I just kind of wonder what, in this story might resonate with you. Um, you know, if if you are kind of newer to this this message, to this Christian faith, perhaps, you might still be reeling from the mystery of Easter. Christ died and Christ risen. Um, and, and like I said, if that's what you're feeling, you're really in line with the disciples who are experiencing that as well, um, who definitely had no clue what was happening in those 40 days in the, in the ascension. Um, and the ascension only added to that confusion. Um, but those two angels were that kind of cru- crucial turning point, that pivot in the story. Um, and so I think we also, we're being invited to shift our gaze. Um, maybe to start to, to kind of pay attention now to what God is now inviting us into. Um, and so, you know, the question I, I kind of invite you to start to reflect today is what role, what new role might I be invited into at renew this maybe is the time for renew church too to also be starting to kind of to kind of pay attention to this new kind of leadership this new set of responsibilities and and gifts that we can be sharing together um i wonder what that might be for us uh there's a book by robin wall kimmerer she's an indigenous author um the book is called braiding sweetgrass and she has an interesting um idea in there that that the gifts that we are given um they're kind of the other side of the coin of the gifts that we're given is is duty that there's almost a duty to share the gifts we've been given in this world with the world and so to kind of bring that into this christian context that the gifts that god has given us are meant to be shared in fact it's it's our responsibility to be shared and i might um go even farther to say i wonder if i wonder if we all could if we all most fully employed our gifts and really shared them in the world, I wonder if 
the world would look a lot more like how God envisioned it. And as you know, um, as you have experienced, uh, it can be hard to find ways to use the many gifts we have, which are varied and sometimes kind of weird, the ones that God gives us, and, and often means that they're not that marketable. And maybe it's not really the way that we're going to end up making our living. But church is the space where all those gifts can be fully employed. So what are, what are the gifts that God has given us that we may not have had a chance to really sort of, to really engage? Where do we see that as a space now in this experience with Renew that we can really charge in and to kind of jump into? The church, as Matt reminds us, has this compelling mission to restore all people to unity with Christ and each other. Renew, to, to live into this good for all our neighbors. But it can only do as, as much as each particular body allows it to. And it's this body, when it's organized for its full expression of gifts, as we can do the most we can do. And we are now that body in Christ, which is scary and exciting. Speaking for myself in this moment in the church's life, as I kind of am invited to kind of reflect on um, where we're at as a church to start to shift that gaze from the oh wow to the oh yeah in this work before us, um, I'm just kind of reminded that I am really grateful to be in ministry with Renew and to get to know the Nalt family and to watch them working their butts off, um, doing God's work in the world. And um, it's just been fun to start to try to find ways to do more of that together with you all. And so um, this for me is a reminder to kind of to look for more opportunities to try to, to do more of that work together. Um, God knows this world is a hurting place that needs so much of that good news, of that hope, um, of that new life and joy. Um, and God together has given us all the gifts we need to live into a life that would be the sort of dream that God has given us um, to live out in the world. So um, with our gaze now shifted and steadied on this road before us, I hope we'll spend these next few days before Pentecost considering the new and more engaged role in the church's body in preparation for the wild and life-giving adventure that God has in store for us in these days ahead. Thank you. Thank you.